Welcome back to the TeamCast. I'm Coleman Ruiz, the Director of Performance at the Mission Critical Team Institute. And the TeamCast is a show where Dr. Preston Klein and I and our guests discuss all things Mission Critical Teams. MCTs are teams of 4 to 12 people, indigenously trained, that solve rapidly emergent, complex, adaptive problem sets, and who work in immersive environments of 300 seconds or less where the consequence of failure is death or catastrophic loss. However narrow the definition of mission-critical teams, and whether you're on one or not, we aim to bring you the broadest range of topics and guests as possible. Thanks for being here, and once again, enjoy the TeamCast. Today I speak with the co-founders of Mission Barbecue. Mr. Bill Krause and Mr. Steve Newton. Uh, Steve, better known as Newt. This is a conversation that I have the privilege of having all the time or many times a year because I see Bill and Newt on a regular basis. And they're just absolutely wonderful friends and wonderful people. Um, I get the opportunity to interact with Mission Barbecue leadership and Mission Barbecue staff and Mission Barbecue teammates at various times, it seems, multiple times a year. And I really wanted to bring Bill and Newt on the show just because of how much I appreciate their approach to teaming and leadership and the people on their broader team of Mission Barbecue. It's, of course, clear to me and clear to you that uh, running a restaurant group or uh, dozens of restaurants across the country or in the eastern half of the country is not a typical mission critical team activity, but I think everyone will appreciate Bill and Newt's perspective on just being great teammates. And that's the main reason I wanted to have them on the show. We talk about lots of things, how they're um, nine years into Mission Barbecue, what it took to grow the team from one restaurant in Glen Burnie, Maryland, to uh, 96 restaurants in 16 states. We talk about the language of building a team and a culture. We discuss selection and training from a different point of view, of course. You'll hear Bill say things like, non-patriots need not apply to Mission Barbecue. There's probably another great place that they can work. We talk about how they built the culture of Mission Barbecue from, as many of us do, from one sheet of blank paper and how Newt realized coming from being in the food industry his whole life that they really weren't in the restaurant industry. They were in the people business. Uh, We talk about behavior as a signal, as the signal to building a culture of Mission Barbecue. Um, We talk about how they were aware of, as you've all heard Preston talk about Dunbar's number, when they grew above 150 people and why that mattered to the way they structured the business. Uh, We talk about growth, learning, being recognized for achievements, the way they celebrate inside the organization. We discuss training methods like I do, you do, we do, and how one of their key questions in Mission Barbecue meetings all the way down to the tactical level when people sit down, you know, at a conference room table or wherever, 
that Bill and Newt like to ask this one question. What's the most important thing we should be discussing today? What's the most important thing we should be discussing today? And again, they're just wonderful people. It was a great conversation. I know you'll enjoy this one. And uh, thanks for tuning into the TeamCast. See everybody soon. Okay, first of all, guys, thank you, Bill Krause and Steve Newton, for doing this. I really appreciate it. For everybody who listens to these or or doesn't listen to these, let me start with a couple of opening comments. I'm sitting here with the two founders and two friends of mine, Bill Krause and Steve Newton from of and with Mission Barbecue. And I know that these are conversations and a show or whatever we want to call it about mission critical teams. And as the entire audience knows, mission critical teams are a very specific subset. Teams of four to 12 people or agents or members, whatever academic term, you know, we want to use that work in immersive environments, immersive being you cross a metaphorical or sometimes literal event horizon, a firefighter runs into a burning building a special operations troop goes on a direct action raid, a pilot commits to landing on a carrier deck. And once you cross that event horizon, reversing your decision is worse than continuing on. And those teams work, as you all know, because it's who you are, in rapidly emergent complex adaptive problem sets where the consequence of failure is death or catastrophic loss. And I think we can all say up front that a conversation with uh, the founders of Mission Barbecue and the team that you know started the organization, that every single day we walk into one of the restaurants or stores, their employees probably aren't making a you know a life and death, a quote unquote life and death decision. However, we don't all the time either. Like special operations troops don't. Firefighters don't, jet pilots don't, astronauts don't, you know, lots of different folks, I think, would agree that, frankly, like, war is, at least in my case, it's very boring. It's a long-duration effort punctuated by moments of extreme tactical intensity. And having known Bill and Newt for a really long time and having experienced the visceral feeling of being inside of a mission barbecue I will say that my personal experience has been the way that I'm treated, the way that other customers are treated, is the failure of being treated that way or not treated that way. Is it catastrophic loss? I don't know. That's for each employee to decide. But I will tell you that every employee at a Mission Barbecue is doing more than you know pulling pork and making sure hot food is hot and cold food is cold. Every single employee is treating their interaction with a customer like it's a mission critical event for them. I appreciate that just as a teammate to you guys, Bill and Newt, and knowing what, how hard it is to build something like this. And so where I thought we would start is forget, you know, I'm not interested in making this conversation, you know, to pretend like uh, working in one of the restaurants is a, that employees are making decisions, you know, that are 300 seconds or less and they're the risk of them doing it well or not well is certainly not death, but in some ways to them, because they take their jobs so seriously, 
not doing it right is catastrophic loss because it's really important to them. And so if you would, Bill, maybe just start us off with a little bit about the culture of the employees and why it is that I can go into, I haven't been into how many restaurants you have, of course, but five, six, seven different ones in this area. And I can experience the exact same intentionality from whoever's behind the counter. I just want our community to hear from you guys on how you approach, you know, building that culture and building that mentality. So one of the things that we believe is how critical language is. We don't have any employees. We have teammates. Teammates to us is that much more inclusive. The way that we select and the way that we train is different. Somewhat the beauty that we're a privately held organization. Lovingly, non-patriots need not apply to Mission Barbecue. We want to make certain that you understand that we're doing a lot more than serving food. We're serving heroes. We're serving communities. We're trying to make our country a better place. One pulled pork sandwich at a time. One tray at a time. One bag at a time. And all of that adds up to hopefully the feeling that it is significant. It is meaningful. Yes, it is just food, but we also think it's a little bit of food for the soul. Mm. And it's not unlike what we do every day at 12 noon at our busiest time of day where we shut our operations down, everything comes to a halt, we make an announcement, we play the national anthem. We play that because we can. And if that so bothers you as a customer, then maybe this isn't the right place for you to come eat or just come at 12.02 because it's over. Our strong preferences come at 11.55 and you'll understand that much more about what we're trying to accomplish with Mission Barbecue. It, was there any time, Bill, you know, these answers are always on a spectrum. Is there any time or was there any time where you felt like you growing the team, and we'll go back to the history in a second, you felt like you had to really like inculcate that into the culture or because of just the, the you know, what Mission Barbecue is, that your employees come with, let's call it 51% of that energy already or more? I think fortunately, early on, so much of the folks that we were able to surround ourselves with were people that Newt already knew, mm. people that Newt already trusted, people that knew they wanted to follow that man again, mm -hmm. not unlike in their previous lives. So from that standpoint, we walked in with a comfort level, knowing that if we could just find more like them, then we could probably continue to grow the brand. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Newt, so one of the things that uh, Bill and Newt have taught me, I've been in many forms with them at Commit Foundation, Station Foundation, other veterans forums. And I know, Bill, you, you always give the audience this advice, Bill, is think about in your military transition from active duty to the private sector, do you feel like you have front of the house mentality or back of the house mentality? Are you front facing or more operational type of, I've heard you say that many times. It's a very good framework for me personally because Sometimes I'm not sure, like it depends on the category. Um, but what I do know for sure, Newt, is you are not front of the house. 
That's correct. Newt is back of the house. And so I want to just pull this thread a little more from your perspective, Newt, because I know if, if I had never met you guys personally, the person I would see in the front of the house would be Bill. But the entire engine of, not the entire engine, it's always, of course, a team effort, but the engine chugging behind Mission Barbecue to have, again, hot food, hot and cold food, cold. And it's I know it's not about the food, but it's also everyone standing back behind the counter has this, they just have like this energy. And it's just, like I said, it's the same in every place. And I want you to have a chance to just speak about the same thing. Like, how has that effort been on your part, New? Like, has it been difficult to, you know, scale that across many teams? What things did, did you bring to the organization early on that you realized, wow, we're going to have to do this a little bit differently because Mission Barbecue is, is a new thing or these are the things that are really important to me. This is what I know works. Did you have any resistance from the back of the house folks? Just those ideas are really relevant to us because as you guys know, like a big part of our community is instructor cadre. And at the end of the day, we find ourselves as mentors and trainers and we might feel like we're blue in the face saying the same thing over and over again. But you may have new teams. They have to learn from not a cold start, but they're learning too what it's like to be on your team. And so what has it been like for you, Newt, in the back of the house? Although we, we are not missing any processes and procedures, any systems and standards, those are all recorded. Those are all systematic mm. and uh, they're repeatable and clearly communicated. But I think that the brand really started in our hearts. And I think that's important. It started in our hearts on September 11th, on 9-11, mm-hmm. on 2001. Mm-hmm. And that was the day for me that our country was under attack. And, now, hey, look, I've always been a corny patriot. You know, I've always been the, the person that got over for the firefighters, got over for the police officers, you know, when the sirens were coming or they're coming down the road. And certainly had a lot of respect for the um, for, for those men and women that that wore the uniform of our country. But that was the day that this was my country. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I think that probably you and maybe many in your community feel the same. I mean, we, we see and hear it all the time that that was the day that changed the course of the, my life and what I ended up doing. And so it, it really kind of started there for both of us, I think. And it was that day that, that the American flag is flown outside my home, mm-hmm. you know, every, every day. And it's important. I'll tell you the tremendous amount of respect that I know Bill and I have for you and your entire community. I'm humbled to be here and don't know why I'm invited to, to be here, um, except I can tell you cook the pork to 195. You know? But, you know, uh, we're not remiss on any standard system, process, or procedures. I think it all started really with a decision of what kind of culture we wanted to have. Yeah. And um, it started really the genesis was a blank sheet of paper mm-hmm. and that blank sheet of paper was okay. We're, we know we're going to be in the restaurant business. You know, we're not going to be manufacturing jet engines, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, I'm just a, a country kid from Ohio born and raised in the soybean and the cornfields and a uh, college dropout. And, um, we knew we weren't doing jet engines, but we knew what business we were in. And that was, we're in, in, in the restaurant business, but we said, but yeah, but not really fundamentally. We're really in the people business. Mm-hmm. 
and our, our avenue is just the restaurant industry and the restaurant business. And so we said, you know, what do we want to stand for? Mm-hmm. What, what, are, what are our values? What do we want to stand for? And we, we took both sides of the paper and we answered that question and we just did a brain dump on, you know, uh, what, you know, basically the four questions we kind of ask ourselves. And that is, you know, what, what's our mission? What's mm-hmm. our purpose? Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, how do we behave? You know, what are our values? How do we behave? Um, what's our business model? That's the easiest one. Mm-hmm. Right, build a team of great people, produce great food, provide great service, and you'll get the results that that you've earned. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you know, what's when at the end of the day, how do we've known that we've how do we've known that we've attained our vision of success? Mm-hmm. And so, what is what does that look like? Yeah. And so, we really kind of started with our culture and, and defining that, and then from there, it really became very apparent that not unlike. Mr. Coyle mm-hmm. talks about in his books, it became very apparent that you're going to have some type of culture. Yep. It's just a matter of whether you're you, intentional. Yeah. And whether you have a fingerprint on it, Yep. whether yeah, you're intentional and is your DNA in that or yep. is it just floating and drifting? And so, you know, we, uh, we set about defining a certain type of leadership um, philosophy and point of view that would create the kind of culture that, that we wanted. Yeah. And so all the X's and O's, I'm not going to say they're, 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 they're simple. They're not easy. It's hard. It's hard work. And, you know, every day, those, the young men and young women and some old men and old women, they, they work hard and yeah. they, they have a warrior work ethic and I'm, and I'm proud of them. But central is really the leadership that the, the type of leadership that creates a certain culture within the four walls and the four miles, the four by four, yep. I call it, uh, four, four walls and four miles of their community. Mm. No, I'm just so curious because just other friends and other types of businesses, you actually, because you mentioned it here, you actually have recordings that employees listen to. Like you mentioned, things are recorded and very systematic, super, super tactical. If I'm hired on day one, God help us all if you guys hire me into a mission barbecue. What are some of the recordings I'm listening to? Just give me an example. You know, it, that kind of goes into a, into a framework or a fabric of, um, you know, hire right, train right, mm-hmm. and retain right. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, so hire right is, you know, we want to recruit the right people. Yeah. And we want to select, not yeah. hire, we want to select the right people. Yeah. And then we train. Yeah. Right. And we develop. Right. So yeah. training sometimes for us is um, kind of maybe what you talked about is, is so so we've recruited. We look for the right kind of person mm-hmm. that has the right heart, mm-hmm. has the right DNA. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, we, we make our fair share of, of mistakes, too. And, and and then we select them. You know, yep. they've got to go through a process. So it's a rigorous process of of, you know, weeks. For hourly teammates, it's probably weeks, and for our salaried leaders, it's probably months, uh, maybe two months, mm. uh, six weeks, mm-hmm. probably four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. It's rigorous, it's intentional, and it's been a it's been a work in progress too. Yeah. And then once that process is completed, then the train, the train right, and and that's the yeah. the orientation and the onboarding. You know, the orientation is. Uh, it's, it's, it's interpersonal, one-on-one yeah. with the leadership of the restaurant and, and that individual teammate. And that's really tactical. Here's, yeah. here's where, where to work. Here's what, where to park. Here's sure. you know, what time you got to come in. Here's where the schedules are yeah. kind of thing. But, but there's some 
cultural things in there too mm-hmm. when we lead off with those. And that's here's what we stand for. Yep. It's our field guide. It's our culture. So it starts there. And then every day from there, there's a video messaging through the course of oh, their, wow. through the course of every day of their training. Yeah. And it just gives them in, in little manageable pieces some information and yeah. education uh, that they can always go back to yeah. also. And then they go through on-the-job training and where it's uh, – Tactical stuff. Functional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, uh, Bill talks about it a lot because, you know, uh, some of our friends are teachers. And, um, you know, it's it's I do, we do, you do. Mm-hmm. Bill talks about a lot. Mm-hmm. And so they go through that. And then they go through, they'll go through a solo, mm-hmm. a, a solo day from a tactical perspective. Yeah, yeah. And then, then you're done. Yeah. Okay, training's done. But it's not done. It's, yeah. it's the development continues from there. Sure. And so we then have, through the course of a year, there are scheduled times in which um, culture is communicated. Mm-hmm. Appreciation is communicated. Mm-hmm. Gratitude is communicated. It's no different it's than, putting, than putting things on the calendar and saying, okay, yeah. here comes January 1st, yeah. which is a brand new year. Let's yeah. let's set our goals and let's celebrate what we did last year. And here comes um, Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. You know, go and enjoy this gift to for you and your family and your friends to go watch the game tonight. And we're yeah. going to, we're going to close down early to an Easter message, to a Memorial day message, to a 4th of July message, to a Labor day message, to a Thanksgiving message, to a holiday message, constant uh, reinforcement. Yeah. Both video and, and audio, which as you know, new Dan Coyle, I will reference him. Oh, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. I don't know, but I really appreciate Dan's friendship and the conversation I had with him on the team cast. And of course his book for those who haven't read it, the culture code, but Dan calls those notifications, you know, he puts them in the category of notifications and they can be micro check-ins during the day and they can be very intentional things throughout the year, but it's this reinforcement that isn't accidental where, as you said, you end up with somebody else's fingerprint on your culture. Can you talk about that blank sheet of paper when you and Newt first had a conversation about the things he just mentioned, where you guys were headed? You knew what business you were going to be in, quote unquote business, the restaurant business, but you were really in the people business. But unfortunately, and I think we all see this to some extent, everybody says they're in the people business and there's good organizations and there's bad organizations and there's good mission critical teams and there's bad mission critical teams. And could you give us a flavor of the conversations around that blank sheet of paper, you know, on the metaphorical day one? Yeah, the conversation was really centered all around one word. Why? Why do we want to do this? We know who we are. We know what we've experienced. But ultimately, why do we want to become partners in this venture? The proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. We chose to do this together. And it just makes the road that much more satisfying, gratifying to have that shared experience with somebody that you know and love makes it that much more fulfilling in that regard. Life is a team sport, as we all know. And to be able to assemble a great team, to go make a difference, to hopefully move every community that we get the privilege of serving in a little bit further, a little bit better. Maybe we're entering our country forward as well, all by just bringing people together around hopefully shared values. And oh, by the way, good food and some great service. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for that, Bill. I, I agree. Don't be shy about this next question. I want the whole community to like get a full picture. Let's talk about the history real quick. 
and you can talk about other teammates early on if you want, but I won't reference any other teammates. That, you know, you guys can choose how you talk about the whole organization, but when roughly was the day one conversation between you and Newt? You don't have to have it exact. And then just share with the audience how we got to 2020. I believe roughly where we're sitting today, the first restaurant was here in Glen Burnie. And it was September 11th, 2011, if I remember correctly. But give us a sense of like the start and where we are today, Bill, size-wise. So I had the snippets of an idea. Mm -hmm. And yet, having not experienced the restaurant business, I didn't know necessarily correct how to well, take you that. you were a bartender in college. <laughs> not a good one, but I was a bartender. <laughs> So not even necessarily able to move it beyond the idea. Okay. Um, fortunately, the good Lord had put somebody in my life that knew the restaurant industry and every square foot of what a restaurant might need. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, too, he was also an unbelievable person. When you get on the back nine of life, mm -hmm. life is too short to be spending it with people that you don't necessarily enjoy. So the fact that we would potentially do this together, Newt was still gainfully employed. And so it became a process of me literally what started out as a, a tug to eventually just trying to tackle him and convince yeah. him that I could feel that he wasn't fulfilled in what he was doing. Uh -huh. And that maybe just maybe we should go do this thing. And this thing ultimately was the story of two best friends that had a love of barbecue, but more importantly, a love of country, mm -hmm. wanted to build something that had significance and meaningfulness, um, opened our first one intentionally with some extra money involved on September 11th of 2011, because we wanted to forever mark that day that 10 years after the world changed, yep. these two folks wanted to somehow try and change it back. And what we found is there were more people that had that same ethos that also wanted to be a part of something that were maybe searching for more than what they currently had in life. It's interesting when I look at what's the makeup of the restaurant industry, a bunch of really good, hardworking folk mm -hmm. that in many cases, I think there's a similarity to the enlisted ranks of our military in that maybe school just wasn't for them. Mm -hmm. Maybe their home life isn't all that good. They want to be a part of something that gives them purpose. They want to be a part of a team. And we think we provide that in a culture that feels more family-like. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, this is just a family business yep. that our families have created that hopefully will open more eyes and give more opportunities to ultimately just go do some good. Yeah. And how many restaurants now? So we sit here today, 96 open locations, 96, 16 states, three more under construction. Yes, we've done all of that in what is defined as a short period of time. But what I think energizes us is we feel like we're just getting started yeah. because it doesn't matter where you're from or where you live. There's a pretty safe bet that there's firemen in that community. There's folks that are in law enforcement. There are first responders. There are those that have worn or are wearing the cloth of our nation. It's just a matter of us identifying where are more of those places that we could find the right 
person mm -hmm. that would be a great leader, assemble a hell of a team, and then go serve that community as well. Yeah, awesome. And, and you know, Coleman, you know, this, this thing got bigger and it got better, you know, mm -hmm. uh, from, you know, the furthest north of uh, Madison, Wisconsin currently, mm -hmm. the furthest south of Miami, Florida. Okay. You know, it's... Um, it's really our, our teammates. Oh yeah, you know, together, it always is. Teammates, all of us. We talk about you know in the boat rowing all in yeah. one direction the best yeah. we can. So this this thing got bigger and got better than Bill and I a long long time ago. Yeah, yeah. As you guys know, all the types of teams. Well, everybody in their life experiences some way down moments and some challenges that you just can't see coming. And so, if you guys would new talk about COVID, talk about going into you know, quarantine in March in an industry with all these teammates, 96 stores is how many teammates you guys have now? About 4,000. Yeah. So now if I'm, if I'm Bill and Newt putting myself again in your chair, I think we were at my son's lacrosse game when we heard, you know, that school was going to be canceled and we're going into quarantine. It was either March 14th or 17th. I can't remember which day. 12th. 12th. So I'm thinking about you guys now sitting in your chair like, uh-oh, how are you guys thinking about the problem set ahead and what transpired? What You can talk tactically as well, as much as you're comfortable. Like, what did you do to manage through 4,000-person, 96-store organization where I'm sure you both felt like the weight of every single teammate was on your shoulders and you wanted to take care of them and make sure – the whole team could move through it together. Just how has it been? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, Coleman, I, I mean, I was so smart that I, I thought that, that this thing would pass in a week. A week? You know, yeah, as soon as another news story came up. We're good. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, this is something going on, you know, it'll pass. That's how smart I was. And I, I guess I wasn't correct on that. But when it became apparent that this is real, it was March 12th. Okay. And uh, for us. And we were communicating for hours. Mm -hmm. And... I think we framed it up. If we proclaim ourselves mm -hmm. to be a great people first culture yep. and we can proclaim ourselves to be in the people business, then that needs to drive our decisions. And first and foremost, lest we be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And I know Bill and I, we couldn't put our head on the pillow knowing that, okay, yesterday was about people, but today it's about profit. Right. And so, you know, we kind of framed it like this. If they were to write a book, mm -hmm. And they were to look back at how we handled, how we, how, what our character was truly, truly tested in this metal. And, and you and your community live this mm -hmm. every day when you go to work. You know, how, how is your character going to be yep. tested in this moment? Yep. It's not the easy times. That, when, the, when you're, as Admiral Stockdale would say, when you're in the pressure cooker, like what then? Right. What do you really fall back on? And we said, you know, we, we want the story to go down that that we did our very best to take care of our people. Yeah. And so the first thing we did, I mean, before we got it really tactical about temperature checks and, yeah. and symptom checks and, yeah. you know, tracing and what we were going to do, you know, when and if a teammate were to get it, you know, we said, we're going to take care of our people. Mm -hmm. And so one thing we were going to do is we're not going to lay anybody off. You know, we're going to do our darndest in for a month. You know, we mm -hmm. first week, we just we did normal. It said because remember I said it was going to be done in yeah. a week, so yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> so the first week, just do it. And the second week, I said, look, let's just really clean our restaurants really well. Yeah. Let's spend this whole week, extra extra time, extra attention. Let's just clean the restaurants really, really well. Yeah. And then the third week, so we talked about you know, 
you know, clean your ass off, you know, and then third week, train your ass off. Yep. So we were going to, we took, put everybody through that, that could, we put everybody through a, a recertification, retraining. Oh, nice. You know, so we invested that time. And then the, then the fourth week, we were kind of getting the lay of the land. So we were trying to figure out, okay, this is the, I don't like this term, but this is the new normal. Yeah. I prefer new and improved. Yeah. And that's what was our, was our goal is we were going to come out of this new and improved, not new normal. We we're going to come out of this new and improved. So that was what we did for the first four weeks. We made a commitment. We retained 97% of our teammates mm -hmm. uh, that could and wanted and were willing to work. Right. You know, that's kind of how we, we framed it up. From point of contact, every, every every day and every week has been a little different. Sure. So we have adjusted as yeah. we've gone and done a lot of tactical things. But philosophically, that's what we went into this on March 2nd or March 12th that's and cool. said, what we're going to do is we're going to take care of our people. That's fantastic. Anything else, Bill, on that, on Corona? The back of the napkin impact on the business indicated that we should furlough approximately 2,500 teammates. Oh, 4,000. And yet... Our guiding light through all of this and our focus remained, how are we going to continue to take care of our teammates and accomplish the mission of serving, honoring, and thanking our communities and our country? Mm -hmm. And everything deviated back to that. Yep. And so the decision, though expensive, there wasn't any other decision to be made. Yeah. It's a funny thing, Bill. Like this is, I'm sure lots of <laughs> business owners and households have had this conversation. I know Bridget and I have talked about this a lot, just in general, is like, it was expensive, expensive to the P&L, but not expensive to your teammates. It was exactly why we do anything in the first place, right? To your point, Newt, about people first business. Well, when the screws are getting turned to us, are we people first? Or are we profit first? And I'm not trying to oversimplify that idea. I understand what it takes to run a business, right? Just like you guys do. But it's it's really important, I think, for us to remember that, and I had so many memories of this. I was actually sharing this with uh, some guys on this larger Cleveland Indians forum, that if you were a third-party observer or a boss of mine, say 15 years ago when we were overseas on this one particular deployment in Iraq that we had, all you had was like the field manual playbook of what the right stuff to do and the wrong stuff to do is, you could have found 300 reasons to fire me because <laughs> when the screws were turned to us for real in a no shit real environment, I don't know, 5% of the field manual in the playbook even works, you know? And so you have to think about, to your point, you have to think about what am I really here to do? What am I here for? And what is a... I say regular. What is a regular team or a mission critical team at its core fundamentals when you're standing on the ground and your boots are dirty or your entire business is in quarantine? What am, what am I really about? You know, this is actually one of the reasons I wanted to do this conversation with you guys. To me, those moments are the definition of a mission critical team. It's a less than 300 sec. It's a decision in 300 seconds or less that you're deciding what the book's going to say, Newt. What are people going to write? I like to do this exercise called superpowers and eulogies. Like what are Bill and Newt's superpowers and what is someone going to say at your eulogy? And they're going to say, you know, that we took care of our people or they're going to say that we, you know, stuffed a bunch of extra cash into our pockets when we were in quarantine. 
It's a tough one, and I'm sure it's been very, very challenging for lots of businesses, but I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that. And Coleman, I just will say, we'll never, ever be able to thank our team enough. Probably will never fully appreciate not only what they went through at work and yet are still going through at home. We can never be any more appreciative of the loyal support that we got from our customer base that we're still standing. And optimistic about what lies ahead because of the fact of our team and our customers. Yeah, yeah. And look, you guys probably would never say this, but this is just my personal reflection. Like, kudos to like the fundamental business strategy too. That was probably not an accident. But I know your guys' catering. It was probably. I mean, your catering service is amazing anyway. You know, it's super top notch. I always love to get Mission Barbecue for catering and to have that built up. If you're an outside observer doing a case study and you look at the start of Mission Barbecue and like, man, they put a lot into their catering early on, that probably had was a huge help. Yeah, this MCTI podcast yeah. is sponsored by Mission Barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> I love the catering. I wanted to ask you guys about growing the business a little bit and the team dynamics around this particular moment, Newt, which is, I'm sure you've heard about Preston talks about it a lot. I don't know the fundamentals of the research, but there's a thing called Dunbar's number, which is 150. Okay. So when we're shifting gears here a little bit, but when you guys went over 150, and you don't have to know the day, obviously, in the exact 151st person, but was there a moment when the business started to get above that Dunbar's number and you were, either one of you as the leadership and the founders realized like, this is no longer like a three restaurant operation where I can be in all of them whenever I want. And what happened then? You know, we, we kind of work on the rule of five. Okay. And we, we sense just in our business, based upon the fabric uh, and the, the manners in which it operates, that basically five restaurants, it would need a, an individual to lead those five restaurants. Okay. And those five general managers. So, and then at some point, then you just, you know, you end up just scaling that up. The next five, you need, you need a second person. The third five, you need a third person. The fourth five, you need a fifth, fourth person. And the fifth five, you need a fifth person. Oh, and by the way, those five people, yeah. now you need somebody, somebody to them. support them. Support yeah. them, yeah. You know, it's kind of that, that old Gretzky quote, you know, you know, escape to where the puck's going. Yeah. And so... When we kind of set out our growth strategy, you just knew, okay, we want to be ahead of this and not behind it, you know, yeah. not not scrambling to find the right people and settling for people that just to get somebody in in place and in the position. So, yeah. you know, we worked on the rule of five. And like I said, this, this got bigger and better than Bill a long, long time ago. And Bill and I, this thing got bigger and better than Bill and I. No one sees your face, Newt, so. A long time ago. <laughs> and having, you know, sat at the... The, the feet of Norman Brinker, mm-hmm. who is a a legend in in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. that spawned many of the a lot of the casual dining restaurants mm-hmm. and leaders, and and having worked uh, with uh, Chris Sullivan and Bob Basham and Trudy Cooper and Tim Gannon, I was able to to watch you know mm-hmm. in young formative years of my career, I was able I was able to watch. I think they did a really good job in mm-hmm. what they did. Uh, both Mr. Brinker and Chris and Bob in that organization. So I was I was able to take notes and go, okay, that's look look at what they did. And I, I can remember I was in 
Miami at a conference once. It was it was a it was a conference. It was Chris and Bob's, you know, it was it was uh, Outback and uh, mm-hmm. Bloomin' Brands and uh, mm-hmm. OSI. And I remember they had Flemings and Roy's and Carabas and Bonefish and of course Outback and a couple startup companies. Hmm. And I remember we were we were in the ballroom mm-hmm. and there were two thousand people in that ballroom. Mm-hmm. And I thought this started in Henderson, Florida, with one restaurant. Wood did Outback. Outback, okay. yeah, and and it was really a tip of the hat to Chris and Bob and what they had done. And I, I said, "Look at this. There's two thousand people in here. Yeah, and it's two thousand teammates. Two thousand teammates, and they did something right. Yeah. So hats hats off to them. And I was able to learn a lot on what to do. Can you them. share with us one thing that you know really stuck out for uh, you? That oh yeah yeah uh, take care of your people. And how did they do that in their organization? Uh, Anything? Multiple, multiple ways from celebrations, recognition, interpersonal action, uh, interactions. Uh, I can't remember a, a, a time or a meeting, but one of them wasn't at and they weren't sitting in the room mm-hmm. and, and they made the industry fun. You know, it was it's, it's a work hard, play hard industry to some degree, but they, they made it fun. But I think the biggest thing I took out of my time and, and very appreciative and humbled to have, to have worked with them and was to take care of your people. Mm-hmm. Everything else will take care of itself if you take care of your people. Again, we've said this a couple times on this new, and lots of people say that. And as you guys know, it's really challenging to do, you know, to really keep your focus on it because businesses can, it's why I wanted to talk about them. It can kind of run away with inertia, you know? But you see this in so many places. Author Clayton Christensen, who taught at the Harvard Business School forever, he just recently passed away. He wrote The Innovator's Dilemma. He wrote How Will You Measure Your Life and a bunch of other books. But in How Will You Measure Your Life and other books, he says, and Daniel Pink's written about this as well in Drive and a bunch of his books, is Clayton Christensen says, employees, teammates, all of us, we really want four things in the workplace. And maybe we want four things, these four things in our life, I'm not sure. To learn, to grow in responsibilities, to contribute to others, and to be recognized for achievements. To be recognized for achievements. And I would say overall, Newt, it's funny that's how you answered in terms of like you said about recognition and, you know, celebrations and things. Of any team I've been involved with, invited to, as Bill and Newt know, they invited me to more things than I deserve to be invited to. It's not necessarily a big deal, but you guys always have time committed to recognition of the whole team, recognition of a few people, recognition of the greater effort. It's really something that I picked up on that you all do very consistently, which I think is, it's noticeable. And I think, I mean, it makes sense. It really matters to the, to the organization. So Bill, what about that moment? Not necessarily a specific moment, but back to the 150 and growing the organization or the rule of five. Did you have a feeling along the way, because I know you do most of your time front of the house, where you wonder like, how can I go from, you know, five to 96 and maintain the energy, the culture, the look, the feel. When Coleman walks into a restaurant in Madison, Wisconsin, I know that he's going to get the same um, experience that I get in Annapolis where I feel like a celebrity because the GMs know me. Am I going to get treated like that? Because I know you want everybody to feel like a celebrity in Madison. Did you ever 
Did you have any fits and starts, you know, going from five to 96? Yes and no. Our art of war mentality that we incorporated within Mission Barbecue. Mm -hmm. We went from one to two to five to 14. So four years into this thing, we felt like we were still refining it a little bit. Okay. And once we had the comfort level that we've surrounded ourselves with enough leadership that understood the expectation of the culture that we were trying to build yeah. is when we then put our foot on the gas yeah. as borne out in the fact that we will have opened 85 restaurants over the last five years and we think we're just getting started. Yeah. And so it all comes back to being able to make certain that you've got the right leader in place that understands what the expectation is and that can make a difference in terms of the community that they get to go serve. Because what's never lost on us is it's hard work, but think about what we get to do versus what our heroes are willing to do. Yeah. And it'll humble you. It'll give you perspective, but it'll also give you appreciation to want to go serve that community and our country. Yeah, this is a super tactical question, but it's actually one of the things I love about these conversations is we can bounce back and forth. For anybody growing a team who has grown a team, is in the middle of growing a team, because folks in business listen to this too, you know, non-mission critical teams folks. How many in the first four years when you hit 14 stores and you mentioned like when you felt like you had the right leadership in place, how many people on your team did you kind of take a deep breath and go, and I mean like, leaders you consider teammates at your level who you can put your head on the pillow at night and know a growth strategy is going to be executed. I'm just curious, how many was that? Was it two more guys? Was it five more? What was the number, like roughly? I don't know if we've ever thought about it that way in terms of... And this question is actually for me. I just love the idea. But, like, but, hmm. but interestingly enough, I equate it to a sports team. Okay. And hats off to Newt. We drafted really well. Mm -hmm. We drafted Hall of Famers there at the onset. Not surprisingly, people that Newt had worked with, people mm -hmm. that Newt was familiar with, mm -hmm. people that Newt trusted, and people that wanted to continue to follow him. Ironically enough, or maybe not, the first two gentlemen that we brought into the organization to run store number one and store number two have worked their way through the organization now and in the last year or so became our first vice presidents. Yep. And it speaks to the fact they know and have seen so much of Mission Barbecue. Yeah. It's like dog years because a year within Mission Barbecue is very Excited. different than anything else you've experienced probably within the restaurant industry because of the fact of what we do throughout the course of the year to celebrate, but then also to recognize not only our teammates, but certainly our heroes that are in our communities. Yeah. Yeah, when he first started, there, there was no gray hair. I remember seeing the pictures in New York. <laughs> you look like a kid, Bill. He's still a kid at heart. <laughs> I'm not going to make any comments about gray hair because I'm earning my fair share. I just but cut mine. he's cut it off. Yeah, so you can't see it. We're blessed to have to to work with uh, folks that have made us better. You know, we've we've had our drawbacks at some point. I mean, our mistakes, but you know, we march forward uh, with our teammates. You know, dude, I beat this drum on. You know how much I care about mateship and followership. Yeah. Learning the fundamentals of being a good teammate and a follower as the path to learning to be a good leader. What things have you guys learned 
all great teams get better with great teammates and followers and leaders find themselves in a position I certainly did specifically in 2007, 2008 with one of my troops. You start to get the sense that you're just not really required. The thing is, is like you still are required. Like Newton and Bill still need to be here, but your team has gotten so much better. You almost feel like you're not necessary. That's a good sign for everybody. Meaning like you do have a role there, but that that feeling is important because the team is doing so well. So I just want... Colin, you've been reading my mail? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... it's Clandestine activities. <laughs> I'm so curious about like what have you learned because of such good teammateship inside of Mission Barbecue along the way? Because I had some moments. What I'm getting at, Newt, is I had some personal moments where I thought like I wasn't even really thinking about thing X in that way. And the team taught me something. I mean, you're always learning stuff from your teammates, but they taught me something. Again, I put myself in your seat in the restaurant industry that I would have never thought to do. Have you had those moments? Uh, every day. Every day. <laughs> the more you learn, the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. Yeah. And I have my own challenges with this because I fear that that, that I'm going to screw it up. There's a sense of responsibility. Sure. You know, that we have 4,000 teammates and we need to walk our talk, you know, really. You know, not, not just the platitudes. Mm-hmm. At this point in your careers, you both have done lots of stuff in all your activities, Bill. Like, what has the team taught you that you sat back and reflected like, man, I would have never done it that way, but that's better. It's a sense of pride of them finding their own way to serve their community, especially in their times of need. That you'll get in more trouble at Mission Barbecue if you don't answer the call of duty, then maybe if you extend us a little further than you should have. Because we don't think it's that adage, we don't need each other when it's easy, we need each other when it's hard. We want to always be there for people when it's hard because food does bring a little bit of comfort. Yeah, sure. And in that respect, it feels like it's the right thing to do always to extend a hand just let somebody know that you care. Mm -hmm. And we sit here as kind of proud parents when we think about our brand, our teammates, the folks that we've had this privilege of meeting. It would have been better to have never met Coleman <laughs> than to ever have disappointed Coleman. And we carry that as a responsibility because we know that some of the places that we've gotten to go, some of the things that we've gotten to see um, is not a privilege afforded to many. Mm -hmm. And yet we're thankful for that because it gives us that much more perspective of how fortunate we are to live in this country and have the freedoms that we do. And thank you for that. We're not perfect, but we've tried really hard to, to have a collaborative and collective team together. Yep. Well, we just spent the last couple of weeks traveling around in small groups and just asking our leaders, welcome them, we thank them, and then we ask them what's the most important thing that we should be talking about today. Mm -hmm. And then for four hours, typically, mm -hmm. we sit at a table and we, we try to collect what's, you know, what's, what's on your mind, what's on your heart, what are you feeling, and from a collaborative and collective perspective to get better. To answer your question, I think one of the things that I've learned is the value in that. Mm -hmm. And you talk about it, like the after action mm -hmm. reviews. Mm -hmm. 
and we 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 borrowed that. I hope you don't mind. Steal it. Leave That's your rank. Leave your rank and your tabs at the door. Leave it at the door. Right. There's and, time for that. They and, know who's in charge. Yeah. Leave your fear at the door. Yeah. You know, you, you, we're gonna. If you can't work it out in here, you're definitely not gonna work it out out there. Right. You know, command and control. Um, although you also you also mentioned the importance of experience, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that there's a, still matters. There's a value to that, absolutely. And that how that's woven together on your team, the collaborative and collective manner. You know, we've adopted the after action reviews. Yeah, it's important. You, you know, and after all of our big holidays and and our quarterly senior leadership meetings, you know, hey, look what what's the most important thing we should be talking about today? Yeah. One very um, lighter question, and then I'll wrap us up here. When there's a decision about pulled pork or salmon or chicken or whatever. I personally love the blueberry thing. I don't know what it's called, but I love it whenever it comes out. Who decides on what goes on the damn menu? Newt. It's it's collaborative and no, collective. it's not. Somebody no. makes the final decision. <laughs> it's it's right right up <laughs> it's it's right up there on those um on that board, and you can see on the left side of the board is our 2021 ca uh, calendar, uh -huh. and then in some. Chicken scratch writing. Yeah, somebody wrote beef rib up top. I think that was Bill because that's he's lobbying for that. But you can see on the right is a bunch of ideations. Yeah, you know and um, catfish. I'm yeah. from New Orleans. I want black and catfish, Bill. So we actually had that for uh, our first Lenten special. Uh -huh. Was black and cat, and it was good. It was very moist. So it, it's it's really a collaborative effort. I mean, this guy may profess that he's never in the kitchen, but. Um, you know, the smoke prime rib is his idea. Cream corn is his idea. He's a blaming me for things right now. <laughs> adding, adding cobbler. Worst sellers. No, he's naming the worst sellers. No, they're pretty good sellers. You know, and the cobbler rotation, his idea, and, and of course the cream corn, which we can't take off the menus, his yeah. idea too. The cobbler rotation is insanely good. And you know what? Both of us really like is what sells. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what our customers want. And we still stay very, very in tune Good. to what the teammate feedback is, the customer yeah. feedback, because ultimately it's just a reflection of what should go on our menu boards. The word restaurant is a French word to mean to restore. Mm. So there's a restoration that takes place. And we think it's not only body, but certainly at Mission Barbecue, we also hope it's your soul. Oh, there's no question, Bill. Um, there's a great quote from Justin Langer, the head coach of the national team in Australia for cricket, who I interviewed. I can't remember which episode, but sometime in the episode, and you guys have it in your values, passion, respect, integrity, dedication, and excellence. And Justin said, if you talk excellence and you walk mediocrity, you're nothing more than a common liar. If you talk excellence and you walk mediocrity, you're nothing more than a common liar. I love that quote. And you're right, Bill, and we appreciate it. I'm sure everybody who goes into a Mission Barbecue appreciates it. The food is delicious. But more importantly, it's good for the soul. It's a comfortable place to be. People are nice. They're polite. It's informal, which is really nice. The folks behind the counter are very informal. It's easy to walk into without some sort of weird like restaurant expectation, you actually feel like a Mission Barbecue is there not for the employees, that it's there for the customers. Whereas in some restaurants, you feel like you have to act a certain way to meet the culture of the restaurant. Mission Barbecues don't feel like that for people who haven't been into them. Go get into one. So I appreciate you guys doing this. It was great to sit down 
and have this 45 minute conversation newt that actually is 56 minutes. Then now I'm just refusing to do anything in 45 minutes because I get <laughs> joked about it so much. But thanks for doing this, you guys. I appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to share with the group that we didn't already discuss, Bill? Just know from the bottom of our hearts how proud we are to get to do what we get to do. And it's because we're free. It's because we're safe. And we'll never be able to thank you enough. We don't feel like our work will ever be done because we know that yours won't either. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, Coleman, I would just thank you and your entire community and all those men and women that put the uniform on and raise their right hand and swear to protect, serve, and save either in our community or in our country. I know I speak for Bill and all of our teammates that you guys are an incredible inspiration to us, an inspiration to us to uh, pursue excellence as a person, maybe as a partner to your spouse or significant other, as a parent to your kids, and, and uh, certainly professionally, you know, and, and to be better people. Yeah. So thanks to you and your entire community. Sure. No problem. We love it. Happy to do it. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Appreciate it.